Do you want to feel strong, confident, and ready to enjoy life? I'm Jen Shaver, a triple certified fitness expert and mother living her best midlife. I want to help you achieve a healthy, active lifestyle without ever having to go to the gym. We grow together every Monday, so be sure to subscribe and tune in to your weekly fit news. This episode of Fit News is sponsored by... Make wellness a priority in your life. Women's bodies face changes and fluctuations in hormones as they go through the cycle of menopause. Strong for Life offers an exercise program to help you invest in your future and health without crazy routines. We deliver the results you deserve from your time and effort. Go to strongforlifefitness.com to learn more. Now back to our show. Hello, and welcome to Fit News. I am your host, Jen Shaver. Joining me today is Adita Lang. She's a multitasking proud mother of two who loves to inspire people on their health and wellness journeys. She prides herself on her ability to listen to all. Adita started out as a fitness instructor over 30 years ago, training other fitness professionals in various modalities worldwide. She recognized that individuals were struggling to change their bodies and health, which led her to formulate the four pillars of health, nutrition, exercise, rest, happiness, as a more holistic approach to health and well-being. As the author of two books and a speaker, she has traveled across the globe and virtually speaking for Fortune 500 companies, private organizations, and schools about making healthy habits fit seamlessly into the craziest of days. Her goal is to entertain her audiences with dynamic and inspiring programs. She is passionate about living life to the fullest and sharing the process to get there. She understands the obstacles that women face when trying to manage a household, work, and various other responsibilities, and how to help them make healthy choices for their families, even on the busiest of days. Adita, welcome to the Fit News Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Jen. I'm so excited to chat with you. Now, I know in uh, the introduction, I mentioned you have two books. Can you tell us about what are those two books? I have Superpowers of the Family Kitchen, which is basically helping parents how to feed their kids for, you know, immune support, focus, mental clarity, and all that great stuff. And then I have Superpowers, A Busy Woman's Guide to Health and Happiness to help all of us frazzled moms get mm -hmm. our groove back together because right. it gets a little bit much sometimes. And it's actually, you don't even have to be a mom. You could be a mom of a furry pet and still need this book. Right. For right. all of us women, period. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously you and I both have that in common that we have targeted this audience of busy women because we know, you know, life gets busy, especially as you, you know, hit that midlife stage, because not only are you, you know, busy with um, work responsibilities, if you do work outside the home, but you're busy with your kids, if you have kids and taking them to practice and school things. And then you might also be caring for maybe an older adult that, um, you know, maybe an older parent that's aging that needs additional help. So this is an age group in particular that often tends to struggle with health and wellness and taking care of themselves and putting themselves on the list. Well, I think part of it is that we grew up that you couldn't be selfish. Right. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, 10 years, maybe a little bit more, everyone got into this self-care. And then there was this period of time where people were like, ooh, can I self-care? Is that selfish? 
wait, I'm not really sure. Right. And the reality is, is out just from nature, we are multitaskers. We are caregivers. Right. And so that's our nature. And so we tend to take care of everybody. But just like when you're on an airplane and they say that you have to put the gas mask on first before you give it to the next person next to you. It's the same thing. We have to take care and nurture ourselves so that we're happy. We're, We're inspired. We're ready to conquer the world because that's the only way we can do it for everybody else. If not, we're faking it. Right. And when we fake it, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it just compounds the problem, right? It might, yes, it might not pop up today, but down the road, it's going to. Yeah. And, and, you know, I see, you know, a lot of my clients, I've been doing this for a long time. And so a lot of my clients, I've seen them throughout the years. Mm-hmm. And I have seen those people who haven't taken care of themselves. And all of a sudden they have physical problems that happen. They have diseases that pop up and they're like, but wait, I don't understand. I ate so well, but they don't recognize that stress is the number one killer of all of it. Mm-hmm. And we need to be able to bring, I always call it bringing yourself back to center. You want to be able to bring yourself back to center. And the quicker you can get yourself back to center, the healthier you are. Right. Right. And I think a lot of it also comes with that perception, right? When we say the word self-care, maybe if we took the self out of it, right? And just said care, (laughs) then we wouldn't feel so guilty about it though. Right. Because we, we tend to say, you know, like you said, that self-care is selfish. And so maybe, maybe that's part of the obstacles or, you know, the perception that we need to get rid of that idea of selfish, that self-care is selfish and just take the word self out and just call it care. Right. (laughs) And I think too, that, that when you really delve into what is selfish, so selfish is we're all hungry and I go to the refrigerator and I'm only thinking of myself and I feed myself and I feed nobody else. Right right? That's selfish. So I'm doing something for myself that actually hurts others. So when you look at self-care, you're doing something for yourself that actually helps others. Yeah. As a mom, I'm a happier mom. You know, I, I, when my son was in kindergarten, he's 17 right now, but when he was in kindergarten, you know, I was still a new mom. He was my first and he would come home. And I remember we'd sit at the kitchen counter right after school. We're going to do homework. And I would lose my mind. Please, son, cross the T. Just please, just cross the T. <laughs> and I would feel it boiling up in me, right? And and so the, the first time that happened to me, I stepped back and I said, okay, I need to fix the situation because it's not right. right. I'm trying to put impose something on him that's not him. He takes a little longer than I do to cross the T. And that's okay. Right. At the same time, too, there's certain things that that, that just make me feel happy my cup of tea. It doesn't even have to be the type of tea. It's the warm mug. It tends to make me go, ah, right. Right. So then what I started to do, because we lived across the street from the school, I would make myself a cup of tea, leave it on the counter. I'd walk, I'd go get him from school. I'd come back to my tea sitting there and I'd say, okay, let's start homework. And all of a sudden I felt better because this was my self-care. Right. 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 Or there was moments that I knew I hadn't eaten lunch, which makes it even worse. We get hangry. That's not a great thing. (laughs) And so, so that was the other thing is I recognized, no, Adita has to eat lunch before I pick up my son from school. Mm-hmm. These are the things, because then I was nicer with the situation. I was more, I, I could just go with the flow. I could actually help him. Right. That, and again, it goes back to, that's the difference between being selfish and self-care. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned something very important in there. And that was the cup of tea, right? That that's what makes you happy. And that's your self-care. 
That's the other thing that I think uh, escapes people, that self-care does not have to be this full day at the spa, right? It can be something as simple as this cup of tea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I say that to clients all the time. I'm like, listen, we can every single day, and I say this to all your viewers too, Yeah, every single day you have to do at least one thing for yourself. Yeah. One thing. Right. And that one thing can take five minutes. Or if you're super, you know, lucky about it and you can take two hours and go to the spa, go for it. But it it is something that you have to do for yourself. Right. And the key here, what I have seen with people is that a lot of times people don't know what they like, Mm -hmm. which is very interesting. So I work when, when I work with my clients and in this book, I talk about creating relaxation rituals, which is basically taking a really pretty notebook just finding a a really pretty notebook and on every page, writing one thing that you enjoy doing. I enjoy reading. I enjoy coloring and coloring books. I enjoy my cup of tea. So I have all these little things in there, right? So then when you feel like, oh, it's a crazy day. I don't know what, you know, I, I, Mm -hmm. oh, I just, I need something, right? Instead of thinking about it, you just open your book and you allow it to open on that page. And then you look at the time and you go, I've got 15 minutes and you just do it. You force yourself to do what's in the book. Right, right. That one page. I think that is such a great tip because not only does it simplify, but it really forces you to kind of look inside yourself, right? Yeah, you know, and and I think that, that, you know, so I deal with women who are moms or just executives or just, you know, they're doing their thing. And and all of us, we we tend to get consumed with the to-do list. Mm Mm-hmm. And the to-do list is exterior from us. It's right. not always going to provide that self-care. So we have to actually put that in our agenda right. and make the decision, okay, every day I'm going to do something for myself. And right. and literally sometimes for some clients, I've literally gone into their phone and scheduled it. Right. Said every day at this time, you're going to do something for yourself. I don't care how much time it takes you, just, just do it right there at that time. And, and I've had to do that because they just can't, find it in their brain to stop and right. go, okay, wait, she's making me do something for myself. What, do, what am I going to do? Like, yeah. I don't know because they, they, it hasn't become a habit yet. Right. It's right. about creating that habit. Yeah. And creating, like you said, um, that time and actually putting it in there as though it were an appointment, because, you know, when we just have it up here in our head and we say, oh, I'm going to do this. That's the time when it's usually skipped, you know, when it gets pushed to to the side and, and, oh, I don't have time for that today. But when it is in that calendar, we're more likely to make it happen. Again, even if it's five, 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is those five or 10 minutes are going to give you more minutes in your day. Because that's the other thing is we get very busy and then we're like, I don't have time. I've got all this stuff going on. I'm just so busy. If you have time to scroll through Facebook for five minutes, thank you. (laughs) You have time to sit down and just go, okay, I'm going to have my cup of tea and I'm going to be fine. That's the bottom line. And the fact that you have stopped, you know, there's, I I deal a lot with corporate clients and when Mm -hmm. I'm dealing with them, I do a lot of virtual. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm talking about just stress in general, you know, we tend to focus on something. So you and I are focusing on each other. If we take the focus away, even if it's for a split second and we look, I have a plant to my side. If I look at my plant and then I come back, I actually come back with fresh eyes. 
I have new ideas. I have, uh, you know, problem solving things that just all of a sudden popped out because I gave my brain the Mm -hmm. split second of not focusing. Right. And so when we can do that for ourselves, be it a cup of tea or coloring in a coloring book or connect the dots for, you know, whatever we want to do, those things take us out of the big thing of everything that's happening in our life. They force us to focus on something totally different. And then when we go back, we look at it and go, yeah, you know what? Um, I can, oh, I'm going to order groceries. It'll be easier. Then I don't have to go to the grocery store. And we just start thinking of these random things that gives us more time in our day. Right. Right. And stress is something that, uh, you know, can really wreak havoc on our overall health. Absolutely. So I talk about stress and, you know, all your viewers are going to get a kick Mm -hmm. out of this. I have these goofy little innuendos, but stress is an onion. Okay. And so in the middle of the onion is like a Zen Buddhist monk, the most chilled out individual you've ever seen a baby, just completely just chilled out, nothing to bother them. And what happens is now we're in kindergarten and a kid throws sand in our face all the time. We come home crying. We're very upset. And mom just basically says, stop crying. It's okay. Just get over it. Right? Well, it was kind of traumatic, but she never acknowledged it or he or your dad never acknowledged whoever didn't acknowledge it. So what we did was we kind of sat on it. We just kind of made that one layer Mm -hmm. and we sat on top of the layer so that we ignored it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, we're in high school and we've got a teacher that calls us dumb all the time. And it's just traumatic. And the, you know, the parents go the same thing. Ah, just ignore that. Just go. You're not dumb. You're just do your thing. And so that's another trauma. So these are layers. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden I'm 57, you know, you're 57 years old or whatever you are. Right. right. And, and they, they now, and you see it in the news all the time, childhood traumas. It's like the biggest thing you see it. They have medication for it. They have all these thoughts <laughs> for it, everything, childhood traumas. But what that is, is that we kept layering those layers layers, we kept sitting on top and we ignored them. It's mm-hmm. as if you were to put all your stresses in your back pockets. We're They're behind us. I can't see them. I have no idea. But then all of a sudden you're in traffic. Someone cuts you off and you lose your mind. Mm-hmm. That's called a trigger. And so now the idea is why did that trigger me so much? And, and to take that split second to go, Ooh, I yelled at that person or I was snappy at, at somebody, or I got upset about something. Why? Yeah. Because it's not what they did. See, that's the interesting thing about this. People can be as terrible as whatever. It is our interpretation of that Mm -hmm. that creates stress. So the only person that can create stress is ourselves. No one can hand it to us. No one can pull it out of their purse and say, here, Jen, I'm throwing some stress at you. It doesn't work that way. It's our interpretation. And we create it within our own brain. So we've got all these layers. We have things that happen. And now the key is, and I'm telling this to all of you guys, is take a little notebook. And the next time you get triggered, I want you to write it down. Right. No, I was talking to Jane and she she said she hated my dress and it just upset me and, and, and I cannot believe it. So I said something terrible to her, whatever, write it down. And then later on, go back and go, hmm, why would that have bothered me? Right. And if you really look introspectively, you'll start to realize wow, you know what? I remember when I was in college, I used to make dresses and this one girl was so mean to me and I failed that class. And it was because, and and all of a sudden these things will pop up and you go, that's why that whole dress thing really upset me. I get it now. And, And the thing with stress is when you can actually look stress in the eye, acknowledge it, understand it, that's when you can let it go. Right. 
Right. And I, and those are both such important components to it. Exactly. And, and, and here's the thing. So, you know, we've layered up all this stress all our lives. Well, that's creating a certain amount of angst in our system mm-hmm. that we don't know. We don't recognize it. You know, even it, you know, I've had clients before that will come into me and the minute they walk in by the way they were walking, their mannerisms, I know they are a high stress type A individual. I can tell you that. And, but they don't recognize that. Are you very stressed? No, not at all. I take <laughs> yoga. I'm chill. <laughs> like, okay. Um, but, but so what that, what that's telling me though. So, and here's how you have got to like unlayer all this stuff, right? So when we are stressed, think about it. The last time you guys were stressed, you tend to tense up a little bit. Maybe your mm-hmm. shoulders go up. Maybe you're, you start clenching your fist. Something tenses. Maybe you start clenching from your jaw. So there's a contraction going on in your body. Well, guess what? When you're eating your foods, there's also a contraction that goes on within your intestines. And I know now this sounds really off the beat, but just bear with me. So unfortunately, what happens with that, when we are eating our foods mm-hmm. and, and we're swallowing it, we're digesting our foods, the nutrients goes through our intestinal tract and gets absorbed by our body and the rest of it gets flushed out. But when, and what, and the way that that happens is that inside your intestines, you've got these little hairs that grab onto all your nutrition and absorb it back into your body. But when you're stressed that there's a slight contraction that goes on and those little hairs don't move very well. So now all of a sudden you think you're eating organic, you're eating tons of fruits and vegetables, you're doing all these great things, but you notice that you get a cold a lot and you notice Mm -hmm. that some other things are happening because you're not absorbing your nutrition correctly because you're actually stressed internally and you don't recognize it. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to be able to start to peel away those layers of the onion so that we can realize, wow, I do feel better. I tell clients all the time, I promise you, I can make you feel better. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, well, but you can't. And and it's such a weird term because you're like, okay, I can promise you a good pen and you can see it. You can look at it and say, this is a great pen. I got it. Right. Mm-hmm. But to say that you can feel better, you're like, but I feel great. I went to my doctor. I passed all my physicals. I I haven't been sick for, you know, a year. I work (laughs) out every day, whatever it is. I feel great. Right. Right. But we can all feel better. Right. And if we, and if we start to recognize some of the things that trigger us and some of the stresses and maybe some of the challenges we have with some of the foods we eat, then all of a sudden we could feel better and maybe we sleep better and all of it then starts to, yeah all together because, you know, you mentioned it at the beginning, my four pillars. So the four pillars are exercise and movement, food and nutrition, sleep and relaxation and happiness. Mm -hmm. And together they make a very, very healthy individual. But many of us focus on one area and not the other Mm -hmm. and don't recognize that they actually always work together. Right. Right. Yeah. We had, it's, you know, multifaceted. It's not just, oh, I'm eating, clean or whatever you want to call it, you know, I mean, whatever yes. your term is that you've used, <laughs> used, you know, there's more to it, you know, yes. and and it's exactly like you said, because, and I think that's something that probably many listeners had not really thought of uh, in terms of uh, stress's impact on our digestion and what we're getting from our food and how stress has an impact on that. And I think that's something very important that, you know, should now be, you know, they need to consider like, whoa, there's the light bulb moment. I never knew that, or I never thought of that, or, you know, 
Well, and, and unfortunately, you know, when you start really, again, peeling down the layers of all of this, mm-hmm. if we're not absorbing our nutrition, our immune system is not functioning at a hundred percent, right? And right. if our immune system's not functioning at a hundred percent, maybe we, you know, hereditary wise, we're opening up ourselves to high blood pressure, diabetes, mm-hmm. all sorts of things, right. but we're opening the floodgates when we allow stress to be our primary energizer in our body. Mm-hmm. And, and. I think right now in our society, it's high for the majority of people. Looking for a fitness program that fits into your busy schedule? Look no further than Strong for Life Light. Our brand new program offers whole workouts every month that you can do from the comfort of your own home. No need to worry about missing classes or juggling gym time with family time. Join Strong for Life Light today and get on track to a healthier you. Now back to this episode of the Fit News Podcast. I want to talk about nutrition a little bit because I know that your other book focuses on nutrition and, you know, helping moms implement good nutrition for themselves and for their families. So give us a little peek uh, into that book. You know, when I was pregnant with my son, my first kid, a very dear friend of mine said to me, "Um, you know, you're growing a baby from scratch. (laughs) And I was, and I'm, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty OCD about my foods, I must say, <laughs> but I, I, I went a little even further because I was like, whoa, I'm growing them from scratch. Like every morsel I eat has an yeah. impact on their health, their foundation. Right. And then after I gave birth, the same person said, now you're growing, you know, a child from scratch. And then later on, she said to me, you're growing an adult from scratch. So, right. So these are all these layers. And so it really came into my mind that, wow. We're creating the health foundation. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny because when I've been dealing with adults all this time, you know, usually around 50 is when there's health issues, right? Yeah. And, and I noticed that some of those health issues maybe comes from stress, what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Some of those health issues come from what happened when they were kids, what their parents were feeding them. Wow. That they got away with, uh-huh. right? So, so everything has a place. And so now with that, I was like, wow. So since I'm creating a kid from scratch, I need to create the right foundation. I Mm -hmm. I don't want to build a building on sand. I want to build it on concrete. Mm -hmm. So what I give my child has an impact. So, you know, I, when in, in the way that I teach about food, one of the primary things I talk about is sugar and it's not just sugar. It's mm-hmm. sugar, flour, dairy, and then for the adults, alcohol. Mm-hmm. And all of those things metabolize as a sugar. Yep. So the parent who gives their kid mac and cheese, which is my personal nemesis, is <laughs> just starting a sugar habit. And they don't recognize that because they're like, it has no sugar. It's pasta and cheese. Right. Well, here's the thing. Doctors have always start saying, oh, you need to have the dairy. You need to have the dairy. And it's not that I'm saying don't have the dairy, but mm-hmm. I'm saying understand the dairy. Yeah. And understanding the dairy is, yes, you get calcium from the dairy, but you get more calcium from a handful of almonds than you do a glass of milk. Okay. You get more calcium from uh, from a handful of broccoli heads, yeah. right, than a glass of milk. So you right. need to understand that. And you don't get the amount of protein that a lot of doctors say you get. So a lot of doctors place dairy, which is milk, cheese, ice cream, cottage cheese, mm-hmm. they place it in a protein category. It's mm-hmm. got very little protein. It's got like two grams of protein, but yet you can get 20 from a piece of chicken. 
right? Yeah, right. So, so placing dairy in the right position is important because a lot of parents will come to me saying, oh, they're, oh, they get protein. I gave them cheese, you know, string cheese and some crackers. They're fine. And it's like, well, but no, that's not, it's not. And so now what happens is, and especially when you're dealing with the really little ones, right? Mm -hmm. The little ones cannot communicate that they're hungry. They don't understand it yet. And they can't communicate if they want something to be more savory, salty, what the flavoring is. So right. those kind of things are really important to teach kids. Yeah. And so like from a very young age, my kids knew that every single meal and snack had to have protein in it. Yeah. And they knew what protein was. And to the point where my son would be like, I got it, mom, I'm going to have an egg with that. I'd be like, great, fantastic. Right. Because protein is takes longer to digest mm-hmm. and it actually evens out your energy. When you have too many carbohydrates and too much sugar, it gives you a spike of energy and then you fall. As adults, well, we'll just go get another snack. Kids don't. So what they do is they lose focus. Mm -hmm. They get a little bit hyperactive maybe. They start acting out because they don't really understand that their energy is falling because it's spiked up. So these are things that you know I try to explain in the book so that parents can start to understand going, Oh, I understand. We need to like focus on these things more, you know, and it's very interesting too, because as parents, we are the ones who taught you eat dessert after dinner, you have candy during Halloween. (laughs) We taught this. Right. So, so when my son was in, when my son was in second grade and I had always been teaching them that during Halloween, we collect candy for fun and then we give it away. That's right. what we did. Yeah. That's what we, we never that's kept what my kids already did. We had so a dentist. Now like it, I want to say yeah. it was second or third grade that the teacher was like, and I walked in on her at during this time, she's dancing around saying, collect as much candy as you can <gasps> Bring it all at school. We're going to eat it. And I lost my mind. I was like, first <laughs> off, Sugar is more addictive than cocaine, and I'm not giving you the right to make my child addicted to, to candy. It's, I'm sorry, I'm not allowing you to do that. That's yeah. not correct. And and you know she got offended, but I was like, but you're you're trying to, to promote something that's unhealthy. It's right. unhealthy. Period. End of story. So now, you know, I I would also start to experience other things. I'd have a bunch of kids over, and I would make dinner. Mm-hmm. And one little girl, cutest little thing, she had little blonde curls. She comes in and goes, "Where's the dessert?" And I had this beautiful platter with raspberries, blueberries, grapes, all the gorgeous platter. And I said, here's the dessert. No, I mean like cake or ice cream. And I said, no, sweetheart, this is our dessert. This is what we eat here. Yeah. We don't have any cake or ice cream. I don't understand. And (laughs) and it's because that's what her parents taught her. Yeah. And so I I say this because we unconsciously do these things. Mm -hmm. We unconsciously go that candy is is a treat and this that and the other and we don't realize the repercussion when someone gets older right i had a client who called me up emergency phone call i had to come over her 16 year old is getting weight i have to go and fix it <laughs> so i go over there and i said first and foremost I- i'm sorry it's not the child's responsibility until they're buying their own food right it's a parent's responsibility right that was step one. And then as we were talking, I found out that the, the girl, she had passed an exam and her mom took her for pizza. And I was like, but why? Yeah. She goes, well, because she did so good on this exam. And I'm like, okay, but let's take, let's unlayer this. Okay. Food. You'll never remember it when you're older. I said, but if you would have taken your daughter to go have a spa day with mom, right. she would have remembered that in 20 years from now, yeah. she's not going to remember the pizza. Okay. But what you have taught her is, is that food is a reward. 
Yes. So now we go to college. I passed the exam. Let's bring out the keg and let's bring out all the chicken wings and let's mm-hmm. just eat because I passed the exam. Right. And now all of a sudden we're an adult and we made it to partner in a company and uh-huh. let's go eat it up and let's eat more. Right. And that, because that's what we learned from childhood. Right. So yeah. all of these things, I know it's a long-winded, no. but all of these things are the things that I try to, in a very funny, easy to read manner, right. try to to help parents so that they can start to understand going, oh, maybe it's not a good idea that we have ice cream every night after dinner. Right. right. And, you know, and a lot of it is really unconscious, not realizing what they're doing. It's not that, you know, we're shaming anybody for doing this. These are all things that you do in a loving or you think in a loving manner, right? That's, that's the thing. And, and, and right. we do it completely unconsciously because at right. the same time too, you know, in my case, when I had my son, I'm a new mom. Yeah. I've never done this before. Right. I did. I don't know what the repercussions are of giving right. him, you know, candy every night at midnight. Right. I, you know, I don't know that. So, right. so we, we kind of start to learn things, but, but, you know, that's one of the things that I try to pride myself is I don't want to shame anybody, but all I want right. to do is lay out all the facts kind right. of show it to you. So then you can create your own opinion of like, oh, okay, this is how I'm going to run my household. Mm-hmm. Because that's the other thing with parents is that, you know, I don't know about you, but when I was a new mom, everyone had an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even, it wasn't even advice. It was a fact, right? You need to use this milk with your child. Like they know. <laughs> and, and I was like, I am never going to be that mom. So yeah. I'm always like, look guys, this is what I do. This is why I do it. And now you make your choice, right? Whatever works best for you, yep. because that's how we have to really, that's how, what's going to make us grow as individuals. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm giving you the information, what you do with it. It's up to you. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. And it's kind of like, you know, the mom who was complaining about her 16 year old daughter mm-hmm. at the end of that, she was like, oh, and I said, yes, I said, you know, bottom line is if you know, if you have and they they were they had an enormous pantry. I said, if you have an enormous pantry with junk and you're just kind of letting everybody have a free for all, I go, it's it, it's not they they're kids. They don't know. Right. They don't know what too many calories are or too much fat is. They don't right. know. Right. So, you know, home needs to be, I always call home sanctuary. And uh-huh. then that way, you know, the same as my kids, listen, we've eaten, you know, we eat very clean in this house, but if they go to somebody's house, they went to a friend's house, they had hot dogs. It's not something I'm going to have in my house. They had it there. That's fine. I have no right. problem with that. Right. But in our house, it's sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. That's just it. You know, yeah. they're going to be exposed to it, but you want them to know the difference. And, and at the same you know. time too, you know, and, you know, again, just kind of using my kids as the example, mm-hmm. my, my, we went actually to a birthday party not that long ago. And, and the lady cuts a enormous piece of cake <laughs> for my daughter. My daughter takes, it takes two bites and she's like, mom, I don't want this. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Because yeah. her taste buds are not, she doesn't eat that much sugar. She never has. Right. So she usually, she's very good. If she's even gone to birthday parties where they have, you know, bottles and bottles of candy. You can have all the candy. She'll collect it all, but she'll eat two pieces and then she'll leave the rest in some corner. <laughs> but it's because of the way her taste buds have been developed. Right. I, I I can say that, you know, 
those four pillars, always trying to bring in those four pillars are mm-hmm. so important for all of us. Right. And, and that little piece of self-care and making sure that we do wake up feeling great and energized and not mm-hmm. groggy. And that we do, you know, focus on eating the right kind of foods to stabilize our energy throughout the day. And mm-hmm. we start to recognize that, wow, at two o'clock, I get really sleepy every day. That's not correct. What do I need to do to fix it? And we start looking for the things to really stabilize our energy and make us feel great. That only helps everyone else around us at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. And it is about, um, about those four pillars and not, as you said, focusing just on one, you know, because so often, like you said, we can just get focused on one. Oh, I'm getting all my exercise in or, you know, whatever I'm, I'm eating clean, but are you resting and are you happy? And, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's giggle today. Everything. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's everything. <laughs> if if our listeners want to know more about you or your books, where could they find that information? You can go to Adita, A-D-I-T-A, Lang, L-A-N-G.com. Okay. And in there, actually, I have wonderful recipes that are easy to make, highly nutritious for the family, even if you're single, whatever it is, I've got tons of recipes. Um, I have my books in there and I have a couple of other things in there too that they might enjoy. Okay. And are you also on social media as well? I am under Adita Lang. Okay. All the social medias. Yes. Okay. Wonderful. Well, Adita, we thank you so much for joining us today and appreciate all that you shared with us. Great. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you for listening to the Fit News Podcast. We will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fit News Podcast. I'm your host, Jen Shaver, and I'm on a continuing mission to help you stay strong, healthy, and happy. A special thank you to our producer, Noah Martin, and Retrospection Multimedia. Tune in to the Fit News Podcast every Monday to get your tips for living your best midlife. These episodes are live-streamed weekly in our Facebook group. Be sure to comment, like, and subscribe to Fit News Podcast for your weekly health advice. To join the Facebook group, visit strongforlifefitness.com.